Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night, whatever time of dimension that you are in. This is your host, Chris. Welcome to Interstellar Frequency. dimension that is that you're in whenever you listen to this so I've had a lot going on and I haven't been able to be around and I do apologize I haven't been able to get anything out in a minute and so let me give you a rundown of what what's been going on so my uncle my aunt and uncle that live up in Wrightwood my other uncle that's up there as well Wrightwood is having uh, a fire that was basically started on Highway 2 and it was working its way down to 138 and it was in the path of where my aunt and my uncle live and my other uncle and it was on its way to them kind of it, it was it was they were in the evacuation zone so everybody like they I think it was on Sunday night they did the evacuation orders and set up you know red cross somewhere and i was like oh my god i'm trying to call him he loses his his house phone um i think it was like on sunday night or something like that they they lost the house phone or he lost his house phone and i kept trying to talk him into it it's like hey man why don't you come over here why don't why don't you come over here you know and relax over here no 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 I don't want to leave okay so here we are with the 72 year old stubborn man that doesn't want to leave the house it's like come on dude just come over here relax you can hang out no big deal no 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 I don't want to do that like, oh my god okay if that's what you want to do you want to stay there yep I'm enjoying this everybody else is gone everybody left they hold ass and I've got the whole mountain to myself. Okay. So you're, you know, you're just going to stay? Yep. I'm staying. All right. So here I am for the last several days of last, I don't know, 48 hours or so. I've been frantically watching the fire and dealing with kind of communications with some of the other ham operators out there and stuff like that. And I gotta hand it to those guys, man. That the, what they did with the ham radios—that was pretty cool. They were setting up a communication between the one side of Wrightwood as well as the other side and everybody else, and they were passing messages back and forth through the emergency system of the ham radio operators, which was awesome, 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 awesome. And it only ever makes me more want to become a ham operator 
because of times like this where you know somebody that might have a handheld ham radio could be on the ground and you're bouncing a signal through the repeater and then they're getting it live right there and you're able to talk to them and say hey you know I've got a family member right here he doesn't have a cell service the cell phone went out or whatever the internet went out or however it may be and that is really an important asset of tools really big time I didn't realize it you know long ago but today with the whole design of everything with the ham radio and how the cell service works it all originally started with ham radio and the repeaters and the towers and everything and when all else fails the last thing like the cell tower communication device would go down and all other devices would go down the last one standing if there's no you know fire burning up the tower it's still transmitting and receiving signal and bounced signal all over the place which is a beautiful thing especially when the fires burn down the the lines and stuff and that's what happened up there they lost their their communications their telephone communications their TV and everything so Sunday night was was the last time I talked to him no I, I take the back Monday Monday was the last time I talked to him and he was the uncle that I introduced that I need to do the episode with and everything like that and I gave him a phone call I think it was Sunday night and I talked to him he said he was gonna go to bed I said alright no big deal so then the next day on Monday morning I talked to him early in the morning and then the cell towers went down because they got burned up and they had no cell service up there in the Wrightwood or the town of Wrightwood or anything like that so I couldn't get communication to him last I had heard from him that Edison had the power shut off or at least the shout they shut the power off due to the time that the fire had went through there because some of the telephone poles were on fire and I now in a way I'm sitting here thinking about all this and I'm going oh my god would you just evacuate and come to my house like we've already been here before and there was a massive fire last time and it was way more threatening than this one. This one, I'm not going to lie, this one was pretty bad. This one was threatening the houses in the Wild Horse Canyon area, which is where he lives. And the other one was threatening them, but nowhere near as bad like this one. Well, I take that back. The other one was pretty bad. They, they kind of evacuated most of all of Wrightwood that time. This one, they didn't evacuate Wrightwood. All the residents up in Wrightwood area in the town of Wrightwood were fine, but the people down in the Wild Horse Canyon, as well as the Lone Pine Canyon, were, were dealing with the fire because it was leaving Wrightwood and going towards those individuals. And it was, it was a little bit crazy. So I lost contact with him on Monday night at around... No, I'm sorry, Monday morning, around 7.45 in the morning was the last time I had spoken with him. So, it, last I remember, everybody was evacuated in that area. No, nobody stayed behind except for 
a select few individuals that refused to leave. <laughs> okay, fine. Now, mind you, I don't have any problem. I, it, personally, if it was me and I was up there and I lived there, yeah, I'd be getting my family out and then I'd probably go back to my property and stay there and, you know, hold the fort down per se and then wait until the last minute. Now, there's the difference between me and a lot of others is I've dealt with a lot of first responding stuff, as said before, so I kind of have a gist of training of what what to do, what what's going on, and that kind of stuff. Now, that being said, um, that's basically what I would have done. I would have stayed there, too and waited and, and tried to see if I could help out in any form of way or cleared some brush on the property or something, whatever it may be at that time. And so I lost contact with him. And I was like, oh my God. So I turned around and I ended up getting on the ham radio. I have a ham radio myself. No license yet. And... I started making phone calls and well not phone calls but I I was listening to the airways of what was going on the air airwaves of what was going on in the area and stuff like that to find out what what's been happening and all that and finally I had to start researching some ham operators and stuff and I found one and I was able to send him a message because by this time now we're looking at like close to almost 12 hours later that the last time I wasn't able to talk to him. And I kept watching the fire but yet no news group was covering the fire that much. And there was no live footage of where the fire is at. How I couldn't tell how far it was away from his house except for you know, scouring the internet and watching different clips and different stuff to see the area. And then I'd be like, okay, it's this far away. Okay, it's this far away. And then I was able to identify how threatened he was because then it would have been, you know, phone calls to the ham op operators and going, hey, there's still someone over there. They were supposed to go door to door. Now they didn't. And they maybe drove around on a loudspeaker and said, hey, you guys need to evacuate, da 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 And that was it. That's all they did. I understand sometimes when, it gets, when the fire gets really close to a structure, there's a certain protocols that are set in place. And that's fine. No, no big deal. Now, don't quote me on it, because I'm not 100% sure. Now, my interpretation is that once the fire gets to the point where it's going to start damaging the structure or get close to the structure that could be a dwelling, the fire department makes entry and clears the structure to make sure that no one's in there um, that doesn't need any medical attention or something like that. So there there are you know, protocols that are set in place for stuff like that. So, I mean, I was worried, but I really wasn't worried because if it ever did get that bad, then somebody was going to be kicking down the door. Um, the awesomest thing behind the whole fire deal was the fire guys did a great job on 
you know, maintaining the perimeter of the fire and maintaining that no structures were damaged. And that was quite awesome how they were able to do that. Back to what had happened. So when I had last talked to him, it was about 7 in the morning. By the time it's about 7, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, I'm still listening to ham radio trying to figure out what what's going on, if any word or anything's going on with the fire. And then I start searching up a ham operator. I found one ham operator I was able to email and send an email to. Say, hey, um, you know, just if you can get the word out, I've lost communication with him at this time. This is his name. This is his location. I send him a pin drop and everything of Google Maps. This is where he's at. If you could pass the word on to the ham operators that are working the emergency service system on that side, let them know that he's there just in case the fire gets worse out of control because I don't know what the fire is doing right now. Now, that being said, that was an email that was sent like 8 o'clock that night. Later on the next morning when I woke up, I ended up getting a response from the, the ham operator, which was awesome. He forwarded everything that I had requested of him. He went ahead and took the initiative to forward it over to the emergency comm center, the, the ECM comm center that was emergency service guys that were running the volunteer ham radio operation to let them know that someone was still over there in that area because I didn't have cell service or he didn't have cell service because the cell towers went down and Verizon and some of the other tower services were going to put up a temporary tower system until they can get their services back stated up you know instated and stuff and so that was that was a relief that he emailed me the next morning and said yes I forward everything over so no worries there and we'll wait and see what happens later well later on today matter of fact I finally today being Tuesday yeah this is kinda late for for this but hey you know lots been going on over the weekend and everything um, they went ahead and forward over the information or he forwarded the information back to me and let me know, hey, and I sent it over there. I'm waiting for a reply. This is what's going on. Here's my contact information. Call me if need be, da-da-da-da, which was great. Really awesome. Um, because when all else fails, 99% of the time, the repeaters on the towers in the mountains with the ham licensing and the ham system are privately owned by ham operators. So a lot of them, not all of them, but most majority of them out there that are especially the big big guys, some of them have generator systems. So even if the power gets shut off, they still have a generator that kicks on and runs the tower so that way communications can continue to keep going. Now, everything else is not working because there's no line going to and from Wrightwood right now. So there's no internet in Wrightwood, there's no phone line in Wrightwood, they're all completely shut off, and they're going to have to go back and redo everything, and refix and repair all the lines that were burnt and everything. Um, Edison still has power over there, which is awesome. So he calls me back today, and he's like, yeah, I, I, 
I'm gonna take off and go into town. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> okay, well, let me know how that goes. And if you can't get back in, come over to my house. If not, um, good for you. I'm glad that you were able to leave. And they let him through. They let him out. And he asked him, hey, am I gonna be able to come back in? And they're like, yeah, I think so. It, we, we pretty much got a handle on the fire. So as of last uh, couple hours ago, I checked it was at like 35% contained which isn't like okay yeah it's done and over with they got the barrier system up so I think wherever the the path of the fire at this point is just gonna keep burning some of the rest of the stuff and they're gonna be keep monitoring that for a couple more days until it's completely out it, it's gonna take a while for it to be completely out but we had like 675 crew members out there working in a couple airplanes dropping you know the fire retardant and man that was that is really awesome that they were able I mean the homes were threatened because they weren't that far away one individual that was a friend of my uncle's it literally came all the way up to his house and the crew managed to keep the fire from threatening his property I don't even think it crossed his property really but that is that is really awesome that those guys were able to do that. I mean, huge, huge, huge um, shout out for them. A lot of times we all take it for granted because they're fire guys and everything like that. And then when the emergency service is needed, man, they're there. You know, um, at least that's been my experience, especially being where I live and dealing with what I've dealt with. A lot of times I've had the fire guys come to my house and like, oh yeah, we've been here. I'm like, oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just it happens, especially when you lived in the same place for a long time. Um, they kind of get to know you after a while, and that's not bad. But it's like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I think I've been here before. Yeah, you probably were. It was, you know, my my kid did this and da da da. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember now. Now, so back to what I was saying before, um, there's been a lot of things going on personally in my life and I haven't been able to be here to do anything just because of what's been going on and jobs I've been doing and stuff. So it's a little difficult, you know, right now to get a show out on time. But that's okay. I, I will manage. I'll make it work. But uh, I can only imagine having my uncle come and tell his story behind his witnesses of the, the fire. <laughs> like, oh my god. Um, yeah. But hey, at least he's safe. Fire is contained. Things are good. So things are, you know, starting to turn over a new leaf, which is really nice. But I wanted to I wanted to come in here and share this little bit of the story just because it's been hectic the last several days and, and doing stuff and everything like that and I have I have been very busy and I haven't been able to get an episode out. But yeah, I just wanted to give you an update and with what those guys have done, freaking awesome. No structures were lost no injuries as far as I'm aware of I haven't seen any um, but that is 
did a really good job. Thank you guys. Freaking awesome. Until next time. This is interstellar frequency. End of transmission. End of transmission.